Well, good morning, Mariners Church. It is terrific to have you guys out. What a beautiful weekend, and uh, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad uh, that I'm here. Uh, a little tough getting up, but that's okay. We're all, we're all here all together. Hey, I just want to call your attention one more time to this Easter thing. Easter is a time when, man, bunches of people come here uh, from the coast, all over the coast, and what a great opportunity we have to talk to people just about what God means to us and what Jesus has done for us. And so we're planning all kinds of stuff that's going on Good Friday and also Easter Sunday. Um, we have four services to try and fit them all in, and we're going to do the upstairs loft and all that, and so we're going to need... We actually want you to be part of the, the, the whole Easter production stuff as we put it all together. And as you can see here, there's lots of ways to plug in and jump in. I'd love to have you, you know, we kind of have it. So if you attend one of the services and then serve at one of the services. And so if you can do that, that would really help everything flow smoothly. I notice, you know, some of them we have greeters and, and ushers and coffee. One, one of them is um, a room reset in the sanctuary, in the auditorium. We need to just kind of move some chairs around because people come in, we, you know, we pack them out and all this kind of stuff. But one below it is bathroom garbage monitoring. How about that one for a servant <laughs> opportunity? It's, it's, it's a real deal because, you know, you want to present this place the best you can for people that are that are coming through. And so it'll just be kind of a sweep through the bathrooms and, and picking up all the stuff that uh, people have left. I have to say that word carefully. Pick up all the trash, papers, and stuff that they're left there. And so just uh, if you could want to be part of that, that's a great, it's a great team. So those are the things that are happening uh, coming up Easter. And so we'll have Easter signs for your yard and, and just ways to get people to come. A few weekends ago, I was gone. I was, I was up in Oregon visiting my son, and, and, and on Sunday, we went to a church service. We, we visited a church. And, and people ask, what's it like for you as a pastor visiting another church? It's weird. I mean, it's really weird. Um, you go in, and you, you kind of look around, and you see what they do as opposed to what, you know, we do. And, and, and so you, you learn and you, and you grab. And some of the stuff that we've done actually has, has been, been what we've gleaned from other churches. And so basically what we do as pastors is we rip off other people's stuff. That's what we do. <laughs> we find what's good and we take it and we, and we rip it off. And so, so they had programs and I took, I took one of those. I wanted to see what they did. And, and there were flyers and I, I took some of those. And when the money plate came by, I took some of that as well. I mean, it's just like, it's fair game, you know. Um, but I also, I also do what you, you guys probably do when, when you visit a new church, a new place. Um, you, kinda, you, see, you sit down there and you look around and you look at the people that are there. Okay, you just kind of see what kind of people come to a, a, a place like that. And you just kind of, you know, judge them. You just simply, you look at them and you try and just think through, wow, you know, what kind of shape people and what kind of faces do I, do I see around here? And, and you ask yourself the question, who are, who are they? You know, I wonder who this person is. Uh, you know, up in Oregon or here in Half Moon, but I wonder who this person is. You know, that woman looks way too grumpy, you know, to be in church, you know, <laughs> or... That guy looks way too happy, you know, to, to, to be in church. And, 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 and so, you know, I asked the question, well, who, you know, who, who, who are they? Well, they're people. But there's a whole lot more to them. Listen to what Jesus said about them and then about us. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. That's who they are, and that's who we are. 
And that's what I want to spend a few minutes talking about this morning. Would you take a second and pray with me, please? So God, I know you're present with us now, and I thank you for it, and I thank you for how we are going to grow together um, in our hearts, our minds, spirits because of you, and have free reign now for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We're in a series we're calling New Wave, um, and we want to be ready to kind of ride God's waves as he kind of brings them in. We kind of try to get this coastal image here for that. Waves have power and movement, and, and we believe, honestly, that that's what God wants the church to have. You know, power in the sense of it changes lives. It does lots of things. And movement, meaning it's continually changing and innovating and growing and, and, and even reaching out. And, and I have to tell you that there's more to this thing called Christ following than, than just coming to church on Sunday. And there's more to it than just simply getting a get-out-of-hell-free card. You know, there's more to it than that. It's, it's not just a service. And, and really, honestly, and, and what we would want for everybody, it's, it's realizing that it's God invading your life to completely rearrange who you are. Okay? And, and maybe some of you started to experience that. God beginning to rearrange your life, completely changing you know, who, you, who you are. And I'll tell people, if you don't want to, God to get a hold of you, you know, leave now or forever hold your peace. Because he will grab a hold of you and he will begin to change you from the inside out. And God will make you more patient and more loving and, and kind and show whom you need to forgive. And he's going to start messing around areas of your life like right living and attitude and caring for people and wanting to open up more and deepen relationships. Those kinds of things happen when God grabs a hold of you and we see it in everyone pretty much that comes here. Now last week we talked about our calling here on the coast side because I really believe that we are called to make one of the most significant differences in our world as followers of Christ. And so we talked last week about our calling on the coast side. Now, I can think I chose the house that, that I live in. I can think I made that choice. God, before the foundation of the world, actually already made that choice because he knew he needed somebody like me and my family in my neighborhood. And the same is true with you. You can think you chose your, your job or your position or your career, that you accepted the job, but actually you accepted a job that God, before the foundation of the world, had already set up for you to be in that place at that time because he needed you in that spot or whom you sit next to in biology, and it, <laughs> it carries on and on and on. God set that all up for us. And today I want us to spend a few seconds working through what else we are. Because honestly, we, we are um, called in this whole thing to a new wave of faith. If we're going to move forward as a church family, and if you're going to move forward as an individual, you have to kind of have a new wave of faith happening even within your life. And one of the big stories that deals with faith, and, and you may have heard about it or been familiar with it in Jesus' life, is the feeding of the 5,000. Feeding of the 5,000 is one of those kind of those big miracles that's there. It's actually one of those things, if you're a little bit more of a Bible scholar, it's one of the miracles that's mentioned in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They all recorded it. So significant was it in, 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 in their understanding and comprehension. And, and it goes something like this. There's, there's a crowd of 5,000 plus people around Jesus, and they're hungry. So Jesus takes any, you know, how many loaves? Five loaves and what? Two fish. Five loaves and two fish. And, and what he does is, is he multiplies it. Five loaves, two fish, 
order fries and a medium Coke, and there we go. We just kind of go on with the story that, that way. And he, feeds, and he feeds everybody, and it's a really cool story. But there, there are sometimes um, things that all of a sudden we don't always see through the first pass, and I know I don't. And so by looking at it through a little bit more detail, there's going to be things that I want to kind of, you know, bump into, into you and into your head and into your heart. But l- let, let me begin part of reading the story. This is what Luke says. Late in the afternoon, twelve came. the 12 came, that would be the 12 disciples, came to Jesus and said, send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we're in a remote place. Late afternoon, sun's going down, knowing that there's a lot of people that are there, knowing they're kind of out in the middle of nowhere, you know, Bakersfield, and, and they have, they, there's not a lot around um, them, and so they say, okay, they got to go find a place to go. And so they need to find the fast food and all that kind of stuff. Here it comes. Jesus said, you feed them. You. You ever seen that before? You know, you feed them. Now, now, if we were there, what, what, would, what would we do? What would you do if all of a sudden you hear you, you feed them? Now, now, some of you love this kind of challenge. You'd see 5,000 people, and you're saying, let's see, we can do deli platters, we can do finger food to keep them going. You would be called party planners, okay? There are, 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 are some of you, and you would do this. Okay, people, if your last name begins with A through L, bring a salad and a main dish. M through Z, bring a dessert and a side, okay? Some of you are going there, and you people would be called organizers. There are some that would say, I'll, I'll do a Costco run. I can do the Costco run, you know, because they have that kind of a book. You people would be called the doers, you know, the servants. And then there would be some of you that would just stand around useless and not have any idea what to do. You would be called males, okay, on this one. Because <laughs> guys don't always do a whole lot with that kind of stuff, Okay. And, and if you're like me or the disciple, you just kind of freak out on this whole thing. You know, what? are you going to do 5,000 people? We're 12 of us. What are we, we going to do? But my question would, would be, uh, apart from the logistics of the whole deal, why did Jesus even say that? I mean, why did he say you feed them? Yeah, I mean, he knew. He knew they couldn't. You know, he, he knows the resources that they had. I mean, we're talking 5,000 people. It's a little weird. Jesus knew they didn't have credit cards or food trucks or, you know, Jaime's Tacos, you know, at Smithfield coming by. Was Jesus teasing them? Was he mocking them? Was he taunting them? Because that seems very out of character for Jesus. Or maybe he was beginning to do something in their lives. And I think it's this, that he's learning and beginning to, he's not, he's beginning to stretch their faith out. I think Jesus was beginning to hand over to them and then also to us, something that's pretty important. I think he was beginning to hand over to us what he was doing in the world. And he's saying, I want y'all to start doing that. I think he was saying, I'm handing over to you what I do. And this is cool. He's not putting something, you know, way out of reach that they, they, they can't grab. He's not taunting or teasing. He's saying, you can do this. Remember the verse I shared this? A few moments ago, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Now, I get scared when I read that verse because I think, oh, what is he talking about? You know, he walks on water. I, 
You know, I, I can't do that. I've never calmed a, a storm. You know, what, what are these greater works that he's talking about? And, and my problem when I read a verse like that or when we think about that or when I start thinking about this whole faith thing, I always point to the great, huge, massive miracles that Jesus did. But when you think about those great, huge, massive miracles, they didn't always change a lot of people's lives, you know? When we look at the great things apart from the cross, and we'll talk about that in, in, a, in a little while later, um, what were the greatest works that Jesus did? They would be those things that touched the lives of people. They touched the lives of the people around. For instance, um, I made a short list of the, the kind of, I guess, hands that Jesus had. He had feeding hands, hands that fed people. He fed people who were hungry. He fed 5,000 at one time. Do you think we as a church can ever feed more than 5,000 people at one time? Absolutely we could. He had serving hands. He served people by washing the feet of 12. Can we wash more than 12 feet? He had helping. He had healing hands. He healed dozens of people. Can we provide the resources for dozens of people to be healed? You see, you see where it's going here? He had touching hands. He touched people and blessed our lives. Can we do that? Yes. Now back to the feeding of the crowd. In the book of John, a detail is added. It says when Jesus looked out and saw that a large crowd had arrived, he said to Philip, where can we buy bread to feed these people? He said this to stretch Philip's faith. He already knew what he was going to do. Philip answered, 200 silver pieces wouldn't be enough to buy bread for each person to get a piece. Now notice it says that Jesus knew what he was going to do. Why didn't he just do it? And Jesus just waited. Another of his disciples, um, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. How far will they go among so many? So Andrew finds this kid and volunteers this kid's lunch. I was wondering how the kid felt about that whole thing, you know. This kid's this got food. And, 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 and I did a visual um, for, for all of us. Last night after church, I went to Safeway, and um, I went, and, I, and, I, and, and guess what I bought? Okay, I bought um, bread right here, and I bought, and fishing, fish would be kind of awkward, so I bought... Very responsible, grown, non-dolphin, chicken of the sea, tuna, two cans right there. Okay? And I know you're saying that's not five loaves. Some of you that are exact people count six here, you know. That's because my faith isn't that big. Okay? So we're just going to go with we're just gonna go with six right here in, in, a, in a package. And this is, this, is what, this is what Andrew was looking at. You know? He's looking at this. And he's looking at 5,000 people. And he's looking at this. And, you know, he's, he's doing this kind of a thing. You know, like... You know. <laughs> and it says this, Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. And Jesus ended up doing the miracle. Now, some people will say, and I've read this, oh, no, what happened was once they saw this little boy's generosity giving his lunch, everybody began to just share their lunch, and everyone was, was fed. I don't think it works that way. It's, that's not a miracle. That's just people being nice and kind to each other. And, and so I, I don't buy that at all. I think this is 
right down the line with, with the miracles that Jesus did. But I think the point here is he took what they brought, okay? He took what they brought. He waited. Remember, Jesus already knew what he was going to do. He already knew the whole deal. He already had the picture figured out. He already knew this kid had lunch that was sitting right there. Um, but he waited. He didn't say to, to Andrew and say, go find that kid because what I'm going to do is I'm going to multiply. He waited until Andrew found the kid, took action, and did something. Because he's saying, okay, remember, you're now going to be my hands and my feet. You're going to do greater works than I can do. And I need you to start getting involved in this thing and, and doing things. Sometimes I think through, God, my, my five loaves of my life and the two fish my life aren't very much, you know. And you might think that too. You know, the, the, the question would be capsulized this way. How could God do anything through little old me? You know, how could God ever do anything through someone like me? You know, because I'm really nothing more than, you know, half a dozen pieces of bread and two fish. Do you see where he's getting at now for us? In order to be God's hands and feet, I bring what I have and watch God do what God does. I bring what I have. That, that, that's all I'm called to do. I bring what I have, and I can watch God do what God does. And you might think, I don't have much to offer. A cool thing is, is when you offer it, it goes a, a ton. Because God's the one who designed you and made you and gave you the skills and the personality and all this kind of stuff that goes with you. And he says, of course I want you to offer what you've got. Because that's what I gave you. We, we've, we've mentioned um, here that we're going to do this new wave. We're in this kind of this new wave thing, and, and, and we're going to be raising funds and, you know, and, and, and giving towards what God wants to do. Ten percent of what we're, we're raising in this new wave thing will go to another ministry. We're, we want it out of here poof, because we don't want to say we're raising money you know, just, for, just for this. We want, as our tithe, to say to another ministry, another place, probably outside our country, we want to take ten percent. We want to give it to you guys responsible ministry. We're going to do our due diligence and all that kind of stuff. If we want to raise, Lord willing, if we raise $2 million, do you know how much money's going away? And I get almost more excited than the, the, the $200,000 that's going someplace else. What it can do to some someplace on a, on a mission field or a ministry, you know, maybe in Mexico or something like that. And we're talking, this can feed a lot of people. And this can touch a whole lot of lives. I might be more excited again about that than anything. But back to the story. But I have to bring it. And that's the whole issue. We've got to bring it. And if I don't bring it, it, does, it just doesn't happen. God doesn't multiply. Jesus already knew what he was going to do. He just waited until it was brought. When I do bring it, watch what God can do. My action then would be carry on what he did. And that's what we're here for. And that's why... We really do what we, we do. And we're, we're in this emphasis, you know, to raise a bunch of money to modify our building and to do ministry, ministry to more people. And, and so, the, you know, the question we ask, and we have to clarify, you know, what, what in the world is a church anyway? You know, um, sometimes, sometimes people will, will call up and, you know, um, I'm here and they'll say, um, what, time, what time does church start? 
you know, as if church were a time. What time does church start? You know, you know what I say to them? Well, usually it starts at 1045, but if you're a regular tender, you usually don't get here until about 11, so I know that matters. <laughs> Show up late. <laughs> or they'll say, well, well you know, where, where is your church? And I will say, well, that just simply depends. At 1045 on a Sunday morning, the church is at 100 Stone Pine Road. At noon, the church begins to scatter throughout the whole coast site. The church is not a building. It's not a service. It's not a time. It's the people that God has called out. It's you, and, 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 and it's really me. And, and we think through, then, why in the world do we need a building? And you know me, if we could do it without a building, we'd do it without a building. I, honestly, building is just kind of a hassle. I mean, I, I love it, but it's a hassle. And I know it's a roundabout way to spread what Jesus did, but the ability to reach more in America today are kind of tied up in square footage. It's just, it's just the reality of life. And the church is not a building, and we know that. It's us called together to be his hands and his feet in the world, and that's why we're here. And the building is not going to be an end in itself. It's not. But it's a better tool. We can do better stuff. And going back to my experience in Oregon, you know, um, even here, maybe your experience now, we tend to look at people in their clothes and their posture and we ask, who are they? Who are they? Who are they? You know who they are? You know who you are? You know who we are? We are people whom Jesus said they will do even greater things together than I did. These are people who have faith in Christ and do what he is doing. I read about this church in San Diego. It's, it's a cool story. Um, and, and this church had a statue of Jesus out front on it. And, and one night some kids came with baseball bats and broke the statue up and, and they busted off the hands of Jesus. They, they broke off the hands of Jesus. So Jesus has no hands. And, and, and the pastor of the, of, the, of the place thought it was time to teach his church family something because they all wanted it fixed. And he said, no, we really need to understand what Jesus came to do and now who we are in this whole thing that God's trying to do. And so he left the statue the way it was, and they put a plaque up. Go ahead and show it. This is what the plaque says. I have no hands but yours. Isn't that true? I mean, isn't that true that we now have become the hands and feet of Jesus. 500 years ago, St. Teresa of Avila said this, and it's very similar. Christ has no body on earth but yours, no hands but yours, no feet but yours. Your eyes are the eyes through which Christ's compassion for the world is to look out. Yours are the feet with which he is to go about doing good, and yours are the hands with which he is to bless us now. And that's, that's why we live, and that's why we give. That's why we serve and pick up trash in bathrooms on Easter Sunday. Because somehow, the little we do, whether it's two cans of tuna and six pieces of bread, or whether it's me taking an hour and spending time with a person, or me volunteering and working with children to set up something like that, Again, Jesus says this. Peace be with you as the Father has sent me. Guess what? Sending you. 
Don Baker has been instrumental in helping us kind of envision this whole new wave stuff. And uh, I'm going to have him come on up right now. And he's going to share with us a little bit more about what's happening and what's going on. So, Don, thank, thank, you, thank Paul. you very much. Thank you. Good morning, church. Everybody's here on time. That was great, great news this morning. I became excited about New Wave because I understand, after 18 years of being at Mariners, I understand the changes that Mariners as a church can make in people's lives. It's rewarding to see that, but it's also that we need to do more, and that's what New Wave is about. And we are going to do this intentionally. Uh, Next chart, please. The three major portions of New Wave are reaching out to other people, changing the uh, spiritual growth on the coast side. We are the hands. We are the people who reach out to other people. Part of this also is that we grow our own hearts while we're doing this. We pray more. We're active more uh, with talking to God about what needs to be done. The third portion of New Wave is that we need a larger church to house these people and to serve them and to minister them. All this is an intentional opportunity. So let's go to the next chart and see that with God's help, we can do that first one. And the first one is, again, the spiritual growth of the coast side. And the way we're going to do this is if, please, if you've got one of these, please be looking at the devotional every day. It's a, it's a major, major opportunity for you to grow closer to God and understand what we're trying to do. And I want to challenge you to go to day two and read about how we can reach out to other people and how important people are. Underlined there, you see, as you look around our city, our number one concern must be the lost people. And look, look this up, find it, and start reading those types of things. Again, the second one, growing our own hearts. This, this devotional talks about prayer and how important that is in doing this. The... Uh, Day seven, if you look that up, either in the book or online, you will see that prayer is the engine room of faith, and faith is what moves heaven and earth. Praying on this journey is what this church is all about. Very, very important. Uh, The next chart shows that today, right after this service, we're going to have a prayer time for the whole church. And it's very important that we, as a group, understand the prayer needs that we have to for our lives, for the lives of people on the coast, and for the future of this church. The next chart talks about this uh, building. We hope to raise $2 million, and that's where the commitment of our people come in. We want to expand our facility to make room for these new people that we're bringing in. This is, this is extremely important that people come in and feel that they have a place to sit, they have a place for their kids, and the opportunities there to minister to people as we move along. Now, we've talked about the building at uh, some of our earlier services. We've talked about the history of this church, how we've gone from 40 people to 100 people to 300 people. We're now ministering to over 500 people, and we need more space to make that happen. Now, there's questions and answers about the um, building and about other opportunities in in New Wave taking place this Tuesday night at 7 o'clock here at the church. We're also doing it after every service on the weekend of March uh, 25th and 26th. So please try to attend one of them. Also, a very important event takes place on the New Wave Sunday, the Commitment Sunday, Sunday, April 2nd, 10 o'clock right here. One church, one place, one time. We're having one service that weekend. You will be sitting closer to somebody than you're sitting now because we're going to have everybody here on that Sunday. 
and it'll be a, a good time, fellowship, fun, and worship. Children's programs will take care, uh, will be handled as usual. Invitations are going to go out this week, so please respond because we need to know how many people to feed and how many seats to set up here and upstairs. Check out the website. Uh, it's got a lot of information about the building and about the, the opportunities that we have in the New Wave pro program. Now, as I've said, prayer is very important to what we're doing. So you, many of you picked up a prayer box, and you're looking at that prayer box, and you're doing the following. You're writing down names of people that you see every day. You're writing down the names of the person who serves you coffee because you think it's very important that they're a part of this church and they're a part of uh, Christ's kingdom. So we need to continue to do that. Write their names down. Also write down the thoughts that come to your mind. God, what would you want me to do? What would you do through me today? How do we become his hands here? And that's the kind of thing you write down, put it in the box, and pray over it every day. Prayer is important, and so we're asking a member of our prayer team, Sandy Pettit, to come up and close us in prayer. Please join me in prayer. Our dear Lord, we come before you with a desire to share our faith with our neighbors, friends, and family. This world is filled with chaos and fear and you offer a way out of this living. Each one of us is giving a unique set of gifts. Teach and encourage us to unwrap our gifts and share it with others. Give us the courage to share a way out of the chaos and clutter. We have peace and order and hope in our prayers to you. Let's offer it to others. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you bless the new wave. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Sandy. Um, you know, there's one thing that uh, Jesus did with his hands that we can't do, and I mentioned it earlier. He stretched them out and they were nailed to a cross. There's one thing that we can't do with our feet that he did. They were nailed to a cross. That's why we do what we do, because we receive so much from Jesus and his salvation and I mean that's the very reason we're here uh, because God has done a whole new work in our lives that we are now forgiven forgiven from all the stupid stuff that we've done because Jesus went to the cross for us and if you have questions about that would like to know more about what that looks like and what that means and how that can touch your life or maybe it's just been a confusion we're here for you for that and so please meet us in the lobby or um, talk to Len or myself or one of the people on the worship team or prayer room people will help you with that as well. Um, I want to thank you for, again for being part of uh, this morning and being part of today. The prayer walk, make sure you stick around for that. Uh, it'll be a great time just simply to say, hey, we're going to be praying now for what's going on. And um, I'm going to invite you as we kind of close down. You're going to stand with me, please. We're going to stand and we're going to finish with a final song. Um, one more thing, if any of you have a little bit of mayonnaise, we got some tuna sandwiches on our way. So, hey, God bless you guys. Love you. We'll see you later.